and welcome back to All Good Points, the No BS, No Bias podcast. Today, we're going to get into the topsy-turvy reality show that is the National Basketball Association. First, we take a trip to Los Angeles to visit Bron Bron and the New Lake Show. After that, we'll move up north to a team that I like to call the Minnesota Timber Bulls. Lastly, a trip to Boston to see if the Celtics will have a one-way trip to the finals. It's all sports, all players, and all good points. Now let's get to it. Welcome to the jungle, aka the NBA. LeBron's left Cleveland and gone to LA with Lonzo, Kuzma, Ingram, McGee, and Pope. You can't really quote me on this, but we can't really get excited just yet. Yes, the Lakers picked up arguably the best player in the league, but the team itself has no chemistry especially with Rondo and Stevenson in the mix. The regular season starts next month, so they should be able to iron out some kinks, but one thing the team doesn't have to worry about is who's going to be the leader. That's clearly LeBron. Another really interesting point of emphasis is Lonzo's new jump shot. The Lakers uploaded it to Instagram a couple days ago, and to be fair, it looks way better than it did, and hopefully it translates to a better PPG this season. Truthfully, though, I'm not really worried about Lonzo's point production. If he starts over Rondo, he's going to have one job, get the ball to LeBron. Now, that's what every team that LeBron has played for has done. They've figured out ways to work it into LeBron. Okay, well, we got to get him the ball. Whether he was playing on the Heat, whether he was playing on the Cavaliers, he always had to get the ball. But that doesn't say that LeBron doesn't play well with others. It just shows that he's a dominant force in the league and you have to respect him. So what my question to the Lakers is, is what's your what's the plan here? Like, how are we going to do this? Because if you have Rondo behind Lonzo and you have Kuzma behind LeBron, I think it's a good set. It's kind of interesting because I do think Rondo is a better point guard than uh, Lonzo. But at the same time, you have a little bit of an interesting one-two punch there because say they decide to go with that starting lineup, Lonzo and LeBron. Those two guys come off the court in comes in Rondo and Kuzma. Well, now, as an opposing coach, you have to come up with the idea of how your lineup's going to be set because Rondo, guaranteed, is most likely better than your backup point guard or your second-string point guard. And Kuzma probably has a good shot at being better than your next small forward. So do you switch up your lineup? And that's the beauty of the Lakers is that they might be able to throw a lot of teams' games off by doing just that, by leaving the lineup the way that it's set. Now, LeBron's going into a very young, upstart team. Lonzo and Kuzma were just really running the show last year, and much respect to them for doing as well as they could, but now they've got a superstar in their mix. They have a real certified superstar, arguably the best player that's ever played basketball. And, I mean, honestly, I'm a big Kobe fan, but there's there's something about LeBron that Kobe just didn't have. Maybe it's the physicality, but at the same time, I loved Kobe's physicality. So the Lakers have an interesting point because they've had two superstars now. Like they had Kobe Bryant recently. They had, and now they have LeBron James. And before that, they had people like Magic Johnson. Before that, it was James Worthy. Before that, it was Wilt Chamberlain. Like they've always had superstars. That's what that's what the LA Lakers are known for is superstars. So how is this going to translate into the Western Conference? Well, you've got a lot of really good teams in the Western Conference, namely the reigning champions, Golden State. 
Now, how do I think they're going to play against Golden State? That's an interesting point because we all know LeBron hates losing. So does he get this team up to the point to where they're actually contending with people like Golden State? I mean, maybe. Like, you can't, you can't rule out LeBron. Number one rule of the NBA, don't rule out LeBron. So I'd like to see some chemistry there. And the first game of the season is probably going to be really, really wild. And I want to see what the chemistry is like. And I know LeBron is doing a lot of work with these guys that he's just now playing with. And these guys that have almost, like, really just got into the league. He's probably doing a lot of work with them. And the only thing that's going to translate with that is they're going to be a lot better. Like, I think Lonzo is going to have a really good year. I think Kuzma is going to have a better year than he had last year. And that's mainly because he has LeBron. Like, LeBron is a great teacher. He's going to be able to teach these guys a lot of stuff. I will go over the weak point, though, with the Los Angeles Lakers. I think it's at their center position. You got JaVale McGee. Now, yeah, it's JaVale McGee, but he's no Carl Anthony Towns, right? He's not Porzingis. Like, it's, he's kind of just there. Now, the only thing I really want to see from JaVale is maybe like, you know, 13 to about 17 rebounds per game. And I know he's going to be sharing rebounds with LeBron because LeBron gets in there every single time the ball hits the rim. Usually, unless he shot it from, you know, the three, he's in there. He's in the mix with everybody else because he's a very, very big guy. Like, this is a guy that's coming running at you down the court and he's about 6'8 and just a boulder and you have to decide whether you're going to stand in front of them and take a charge? No, I'm getting the hell out of the way because there's no reason to get injured over that. Let him have the ball. Let him do what he needs to do. But when we see him play with the Lakers for the first time, what do we think we're going to get? When I sit and I think about it, I think we're going to see one and all around better Laker team. I Number one, that's what I think. Number two, I think we're going to see a better bench Laker team than we did before, because you're going to have Lance Stevenson coming off of the bench. Most likely, Rajon Rondo will be coming off of the bench. Kyle Kuzma will probably be coming off of the bench because he's obviously not starting over LeBron. And it'll be interesting to see how deep that bench can go. So uh, up against the other teams like Golden State, is the Lakers bench better than Golden State's bench? That's a thing that we'll get to tussle out and we'll actually get to see live and be able to watch. So the next question after that, is do the Lakers make the playoffs this year? Okay, that's a good point. Do you think in a world of basketball, there's a team that LeBron doesn't get to the Lank- to the to the playoffs? I don't really think so, to be honest. Um, you've got a guy that absolutely loves winning, and he's going to do everything in his power to win. So when he gets there and he gets in these high-stakes situations with games, you know last shot of the game is going to LeBron. And I think he actually has a better supporting cast now than he did when he was in Cleveland. So are these guys going to be able to take a backseat to LeBron? My answer is hopefully Luke Walton kind of went over with the guys like, hey, look, this is going to be our game plan. This is what we're going to do. And you guys have to understand it. You need to get with it or get lost. That's what happened in Miami with Pat Riley. Pat Riley let everybody know when LeBron showed up, hey, look, this guy's running the show. You know, that's that's the way that it works. So with Pat Riley, LeBron, and Dwayne, that was a great team. Like, that was a finals team consistently. And those two played really, really well together. 
Wade was always feeding off of LeBron. LeBron was always feeding off of Wade. Those two worked well together. And I kind of hope that LeBron will be able to take that to the new Lake show. That's the most interesting part. That's the thing that I am probably the most fascinated to see is the way that he plays with the rest of the guys, because you can have a great superstar, but if the rest of the team isn't getting on board with it, you're going to have some kinks there and you might not be able to iron those out because those are like personality kinks. So hopefully what I'm hoping for is that they get behind it. They love the idea. They support him. They play well for him. And Luke Walton is a better coach than uh, Teron Lu. I know that. You know that. The American people know that. So hopefully, fingers crossed, the Lakers get to the playoffs this year and actually give Golden State a run for their money. But we can't get too excited until we see what their team chemistry is like. Now what we're going to do is move on up north to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Taking a trip to the Northwest Division, let's take a look at the Minnesota Timberwolves, heretofore known as the Minnesota Timber Bulls. Tom Thibodeau seems to miss Chicago with all the former Bulls players he's bringing over. I have one thing for him. Good on him. Luol Deng is a solid pickup to come off the bench for Jimmy Butler, depending on how long he stays in Minnesota. As a fan of the Timberwolves, I like the depth addition. Like it's That's a solid depth addition. Luol Deng has been... I'd say good for a really, really long time. He's a strong ball player. They've got Carl Anthony Towns still that they haven't really signed to his extension yet. Jimmy Butler, I think is, I don't know if he's on the fence or not as far as staying or leaving goes. Hopefully he stays around because I really do like Jimmy. Um, but that's a team that still has a whole bunch of iron uh, ironing out to do uh, in their in their front office and on their bench. They're... I want the Timberwolves to do really, really well. I do. But at the same time, I understand that there's kinks there and there's salary cap issues and there's, you know, recruitment things. And you've got Jeff Teague and you've got like all of these other guys that you need to either keep or let go. Like, and that's the truth of it. Um, And when it comes to the NBA, there's a little bit more of a, I need to jump on a team with the, the most talent so I can win a ring. You don't really see that too often in the, in the NFL. A lot of people don't really leave too often. But in the NBA, most recently, you've been seeing it very frequently. Now, everybody calls, you know, Kevin Durant the snake for leaving Oklahoma City and going to play in Golden State after they already had won. And it's, it's kind of interesting because I don't necessarily like to see it. But at the same time, I understand it. Next year, though, if they can't sign Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler to extensions they're going to be into a whole other building process. Like they've got to start all over again and rebuild pieces. And a lot of people are signing longer extensions now. Like you've got LeBron's in LA, right? You've got, I mean, I think the only one that's coming up is Clay Thompson. He's coming up as a free agent soon. But honestly, I think Clay's going to go ahead and take a take a pay cut to stay in Golden State because why would you want to leave that? Why would Why would you want to mess that up? You want to keep getting rings, so you might as well stay with the people that can give you the uh, the best opportunity at getting one. So it's a better idea to just take a pay cut and kind of just deal with it. So as far as Minnesota goes, we have to get into a couple of different things because Minnesota is not going to be in the finals this year. I can say that just because I know what this team is like. I know the way that they play in the playoffs. And last year they got to the playoffs and I thought that they were going to do a little bit better than they did. But unfortunately they fell off. 
And that's just a team thing. That has nothing to do with the, the players on the team. That just has to do with them not playing well as a team. Their defense was doing okay certain games, but their offense wasn't producing. And then sometimes vice versa. So you have these little weird issues that are going on in Minnesota. And I know that the head coach is trying to iron out everything by bringing in some more um, veteran players that can maybe pass on some wisdom of team chemistry uh, along to the new guys. So I'm excited, I guess, a little bit to see what they do. But at the same time, I'm not really getting my hopes up because we know, we know how Minnesota is going to react to to the big games, to the games that they need to win to get into the playoffs. So I'm not really seeing a, a playoff team this year. If they do get into the playoffs, I'm going to guess that they kind of go one series and out. That's, that's, that's my guess. And it's kind of a negative Nancy kind of guess. But at the same time, we both know that they aren't really going to do that great when they get in there. And it's sad to say, but that's just, it's a fact, you know, Jimmy Butler can do whatever he can, but at the end of the day, if the rest of the guys aren't picking up the slack that he's, you know, leaving, then they're going to have a little bit of an issue there. I like Carl Anthony Towns a lot. I think that's a great center, but it almost seems like he's looking for an out of Minnesota. Like that's, that's kind of the vibe that I'm getting from him. So when we put two and two together, I don't think Andre Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, and Jimmy Butler all stay in Minnesota. Honestly, I could see Minnesota losing all three of them to other teams that will pay more for these guys. Milwaukee will probably pay a lot for somebody like Jimmy Butler, you know? So that's that's the kind of thing where you have a little bit of an issue, and Minnesota's trying to do whatever they can to keep these guys, but say Houston calls up Carl Anthony Towns and they want him over there. Well... Houston's a much better team than Minnesota is, so most likely Carl is just going to jump ship and go over and play in Houston. Now, that's not saying that they would do something like that, but that's just the reality of what the NBA is like now. They want rings, and they want them now. And that's, it's sad, I guess, because me being a fan of a team instead of a player, it kind of hurts when the team is bad for so long. Like the last time that the Minnesota Timberwolves were really, really good was when Kevin, Dar- Kevin Garnett was there. And that was like my last little introduction of what a good Minnesota Timberwolves team was. So now with Jimmy Butler and Carl Anthony Towns and Andrew Wiggins, I was excited. They brought in Luol Deng. I'm still excited and I want to see what they can do. But unfortunately, it seems like these guys might want a quick out and move on to a team that will provide them with more opportunities that will get them rings. I don't blame them. I would want a ring too. And if I was at a deadbeat team, you know, like the Knicks or something like that, I'd understand it. I'd want to move too. But a lot of times it just takes teams a little bit of time to build. And you can't necessarily be upset at the team for building But if you jump ship, then that team has to start all over again. And I kind of feel like that's the route that Minnesota is going. I feel like they're going to have to have a a rebuild year, maybe in the next two years, where they have to maybe dive deep into the draft and see who else is going to be good and and who's going to be, you know, the next uh, Jimmy Butler or the next Carl Anthony Towns. You got Zion Williamson. He's probably going to be coming out pretty soon. I don't know who's going to grab him, but whoever grabs him is in for a great, great, great basketball player. Like, honestly, Zion Williamson, one, he's scary as hell. 
But two, he's actually a really good ball player. Like he's got good ball movement, um, rebounds like crazy. And we don't really know if that'll translate well into the NBA because there's so many people that can rebound well, but I'm excited to see him. But Minnesota has to be on the lookout for these guys. And I hope that the front office is making those scouting reports and getting that thing going to where they're actually looking um, into deeper players for uh, for the draft. Because you have to you have to plan ahead just in case Jimmy and Carl leave. So that's that's what I'm hoping from Minnesota. Um, But we've got we've got a season in front of us that hopefully goes well for them. Hopefully they're able to pick up some really good additions, maybe along the way. Maybe maybe somebody wants to get a good trade going and we can get rid of a couple of guys and, and switch them over and maybe pick up another superstar. We don't know. We really don't know what the what the NBA is going to give us through midseason. But I'm excited to see what the Timberwolves can do this year. The addition of Luol Deng I think is great. I think he's going to provide a lot of bench scoring for the team which I can't preach enough. I love bench scoring because that really tells you how deep your team is and how far your team can go. So I'm excited for that. Last but not least, it is time to move on to Boston. All right, guys, it's time to go to Boston. I'm talking Boston. Now, who doesn't love Kyrie Irving? All right, maybe LeBron. But without Bron Bron in the East, does Boston have a straight shot to the finals? The Eastern Conference seems a lot less logjam than the West does. You got Gordon Hayward coming back this year. Jason Tatum was amazing last year. Al Horford, kind of lackluster, but the guy gets the job done. The issue I have with Boston is their bench. Certain teams like Philadelphia might be able to give the Celtics some trouble. You could probably trust the process when it comes to Philadelphia. Not to mention, Toronto's got Kawhi Leonard now. But one of the biggest highlights of the Celtics bench is Marcus Smart. This kid has a serious passion for Boston. And in a league where loyalty is being forgotten, it's really refreshing to see a young kid stick with his team. Now, what do we really want to see from Boston this year? Well, we want... Um, everyone healthy. You know, we want Kyrie healthy. We want Gordon Hayward healthy. We want Tatum healthy. We want Horford healthy. Healthy. But what's interesting is that you've got these guys that kind of seem like the team has been built around all of them. And I'll say it right now, I don't think Boston is any kind of team to fuck with this year. Like, you've got arguably the best starting point guard in the league with Kyrie Irving. This guy can pass, this guy can shoot, this guy can drive. You got Jason Jason Tatum on the outside, and he's just an amazing ball player already, and he's so young that he has so much more developing to do that we're going to see this guy turn into one of the best basketball players in the league. And it's already an argument that he might be doing that already. And all we get to do is see him develop. Then you've got Gordon Hayward, which is a shooter like Kyle Korver was, and he got injured last year, so we didn't really get to see like a full set of what Gordon Hayward could do, but this year he's healthy, and we all hope that he stays healthy. Even if you're not a fan of Boston, you're kind of hoping that Gordon Hayward stays healthy because you don't really want to see that accident again. That was, a, that was a gruesome, gruesome accident. So what we get to kind of put into perspective is can a team like Toronto with Kawhi Leonard be able to beat Kyrie Irving and the mass of Celtics that he has around him? My answer is no. I don't think so. 
because it's just Kauai. Like, I don't really see much of anything else going on over there. And although I do like Toronto, I don't really think that Ka- uh, Kauai can beat Kyrie just by himself. Kyrie's got a whole team around him that has been built around him and built to be amazing. And although, you know, Kyrie was kind of like thrown into the mix, at the same time, like the way that the play style that they have is set up is around Kyrie. Like Kyrie is distributing the ball like he like he works for a distribution facility. Like he's got different people in different spots on the court at all times. But that's what Kyrie does. So when the question gets asked, do they get a straight shot to the finals? I'm going to have to say yes. Now, the real question is, who are they going to play in the finals? Are they going to play Golden State? Does LeBron get the Lakers all the way to the finals? So I guess the real question is, who wins between those teams? Who wins between whoever the Celtics have to play? If they have to play Golden State, do they beat Golden State? Unfortunately, I've got to say no. Because you're playing Klay Thompson, Kevin Durant, and Steph Curry. I'm not even bringing up Draymond Green, but I mean, let's bring up Draymond Green. Like, that's another guy that you really just don't want to mess around with. The Celtics are going to be a great team this year. Do not get me wrong on that. Do they get a straight shot to the finals? Yeah. I don't see anybody else in that conference giving them any trouble whatsoever. I don't see anybody stepping on anybody's toes when it comes to that. I see Boston getting straight to the finals, but I also see them losing in the finals to whoever they play. Because if they play LeBron, just for some off chance, LeBron gets the Lakers all the way there. I don't think that Boston can beat LeBron. That's It's one of those things like, I don't think Kawhi can beat Kyrie, but I don't think Kyrie can beat LeBron. Like, it's just, there's there's levels to that shit. And unfortunately... As good as the Boston Celtics are going to be, I don't think they'll be able to match the ferocity of the teams that they're going to have to play if they play the teams in the West. So at the end of the day, I have to say that although I think the Celtics are going to be a great team this year, and I'm going to love watching Jason Tatum and Gordon Hayward as long as they stay healthy, I'm going to love watching Irving as long as he stays healthy, Al Horford, he can kind of fall by the wayside, I don't really pay too much attention to him. But what I think that the Celtics need to do is build a slightly better bench, maybe work Jason Tatum into the rotation of being probably at the forefront to where Kyrie has a little bit less of a workload and they maybe pass that on to Jason. I think that that would be the best way for them to get wins when it comes to the final series. Like that last series, they need to take some of the pressure off of Kyrie and put it onto Jason Tatum because I believe that Tatum can handle it. And I also believe that Tatum's going to be one of the standout players in this league when it's all said and done, when LeBron is gone, when all of these other things fall to the wayside, I think Jason Tatum is going to be the standout player in the NBA. Now, Last but not least, I have to tell you guys, if you have any questions, any comments about who you think is going to win the NBA Finals this year, email me at allgoodpointspodcast at gmail.com. And if you put in the pick and if they win, you're getting shout outs, you're going to get merchandise, you're going to get a whole bunch of different things. I can't wait to see what you guys say. You guys have a great one. You've been listening to All Good Points. I will see you next time. The podcast you just heard was published with Anchor. Got something you want to say to the creator of this show? Send them a voice message using the Anchor app. 
free for iOS and Android.